Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast, episode number 218 with, I call this guy Mr. Calm himself, Mello Clarko. How are you, great man? I'm fantastic, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, mate. Now, for those listeners, normally I get uh, my guests' backstory and everything like that, but um, you're on the show, episode uh, 184. So if you go to the show notes today for 218, Listen back to episode 184 and you'll get Mallow's story um, and he one of the best storytellers I've ever met. And you'll also hear where we connected, met Paz and why we align really well. So I'll have links to that in there. But um, how are you? Great, man. I'm really excited. We're, today we're going to talk about reflect, rebuild, refocus for the new year. And I thought, who better to have on? Um, your last podcast was a huge hit. Um, and I just feel calm talking to you because you are Mr. Calm. Is that something you've been called before? Yeah, well, the name with a name like Mellow, you know, being, <laughs> being a meditation teacher, and often when I go into you know run seminars and courses in the corporate space, I introduce myself. Hi, my name's Mellow, and they all laugh. You know, it's like, nah, his, his name's really not Mellow, is it? So yeah, it's <laughs> Mellow by Mellow by name, Mellow by nature, I guess. And um, yeah, practicing meditation for about thirty years, so it sort of fits. I think my parents must have sent me a meditation and mindfulness. Program. Yeah, they must have made. I'm reckon, good. Yeah, I'm really good. The New Year's here. I reckon uh, your parents, your parents had seen something in the stars there, mate, because your name really does suit you, great man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but but I'm really good. All good. The New Year's here. So I'm glad to see the end of 2020 and all the learning that that's given us, um, and ready to launch into 2021 with a new vigor and new enthusiasm. So perfect timing, Dale, to be running this. Um, this uh, workshop today or this podcast today so yeah good good idea and a great theme so i'm happy to contribute along the way yeah perfect mate well i love that well let's you've obviously going to talk about the three r's and i really like that reflect because i think it's really important to reflect and like you just said the learnings i think that took place in 2020 do you know what i mean like i think we're mm. very quick like we're all affected in some way it it's changed our world but there's also been so many positives. Um, and I think if we can reflect on those, and personally, that's what I did at the end of the year. I, I obviously reflected on what could have been, but there's no point worrying about that because you're not going to get that back. But reflect on what 2020 has allowed us to do. So for you, mate, what, what's reflect mean? And, and when you, you know, you did so many, you, you pivoted your business and instead of doing face-to-face, you did Zoom, you did webinars, you did everything like that. What does reflect mean to you? And obviously, how can our listeners get the best out of that themselves? Yeah, I, I do a reflection pretty much every week anyway. So it, at the end of each week, I do a little reflection of the week. I sort of see what went well, what didn't go well, and I try to you know, learn from that experience. But obviously, this year was a really big reflection on a huge scale. And uh, you know, working with clients and coaching clients and you know, working with a big range of, of people, there was big emotions going on. There was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of very primal and raw emotions that we've never felt before on that scale. And um, at first, there was a lot of freaking out. I was picking up the telephone, even answering you know, suicidal calls and all that sort wow. of horrible news coming through. So it was pretty heavy at one stage, especially in stage two of lockdown here in Victoria. That was a pretty tough time for many people. But on that same note, you know, these big 
bigger experiences and big emotions going through us, our opportunities to change, to pivot, to transform. I don't really like that word pivot because it's been overused these days, but to transform and to change, really, I think it's a really good opportunity to reflect on what you've been doing, reflect on the learnings, reflect on what's happening within your family, reflect on what's happening in your work. So quite big decisions needed to be made. And I think it's a good opportunity. I think the worst possible thing you could do from this experience is try to go to normal. Because what is normal? You know, like what it, it, norm, the normal has changed now. There, it's, not, it's not the same normal as it was before. And I think the worst possible thing you could do is go through this whole experience, have all these learnings, and then try to go back to what you were doing before. I think I think what we should do is learn from our experience, grow, develop, change, and and make some changes in our life. Some of them might be good changes that needed to be made anyway. You know, especially in the work that I do in coaching, I'm often working with people that may be unhappy in their job or they may be unfulfilled. And um, so this is a great opportunity for them to actually change that and, and make some serious changes. So, yeah, big learnings in this year. If you haven't learned from this year, I'm not sure when you'll ever learn. Yeah, it's really, I, I find that fascinating because I personally reflect on each day, the learnings I took place each day. And I think that's great. You do it, you know, weekly, Mel, and I'm sure you do it daily as well or whatever works for you. But um, I find too many people will wait till, it's like setting a New Year's resolution. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to set something to do for the entire year is ridiculous because it's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? Like you need to do it day by day, week by week, month by mm. month and make it a, something that sticks. So do you find you know, telling your clients or people you work with or just your friends to reflect weekly. Um, that's a, been a really big, obviously not talking about pivot, but that's been a really yeah. big focus and how you get great results with everything you do. Well, meditation alone is a, is a reflection every day. So if you do practice any meditation of any sort, <clears throat> usually just stopping and being still is an opportunity to process your thoughts, to process what's been going on. So it's a mini reflection every single day. But like I said, every, every single week at the end of the week, come Friday or Saturday morning, I do a little weekly review and reflection. So it's actually more like a formalized version where I do write things down. And the same as my gratitude practice. So I do a gratitude practice every single day. And I do two, actually. I do one in the morning where I actually set my intentions for the day. I look at what I'm looking forward to. So I, I look at my diary and I circle all the things I'm looking forward to. And I, I actually write them in my diary and say, oh my God, three seminars and two coaching clients and it's all too much. I actually circle the ones I'm really looking forward to and I approach it like that. And then what I do at the end of the day is I write down the three things that I'm grateful for. And I write, I purposely write them down because basically if you say, if you keep saying the same gratitude practice, you end up saying the same things. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for this. But if you write them down physically, then you start searching for more, like you look for deeper ones and even the little things like running water here in Australia or, you know, fresh air and things like that. So, you know, writing them down is a really good thing. So, so in a way, that's also a reflection every single day. So you're reflecting on your day, reflecting on things that went well, reflecting on what you're grateful for. So it's a great, great, a great practice, I believe. Yeah, and I think with that, Mello, that it's all part about building a positive routine and that mm. routine allows you, well, and what, I, what I, I do exactly the same as what you just said, that you're setting your day up for a win because you're focusing on the positives. You're not allowing, you know, the clutter, the mind, everybody else to dictate what you're doing. You're setting it up and you're focusing on the things, 
you know, you're, you're pinpointing things to look forward to, but then also by not highlighting certain things, they might be a challenge for you. And you'll, then you'll go, all right, I've got to figure out how to get that energy up for this one because I may not be so excited. And I think that it is such a simple thing to do, but because you do it daily, I think it, it just has a huge impact really, doesn't it? Absolutely. You hardwire yourself to look for good things. You hardwire yourself to see good opportunities. There was, there was a great study that I was reading recently around gratitude where there was a workplace and the workplace was divided into three different groups. And one, one group had to write down all the things that pissed them off, all the things that aggravated them, all the things that they didn't, that didn't go well, all the bad conversations, all the sales that didn't happen. The second group had to write down just neutral, like just factual what happened in their day, like their workflow, who they met, you know, no, no emotion attached to it. And the third group to write down what they were grateful for each day. And they did a gratitude practice and they had to write down all the things that, that went well in the day, all the nice conversations, all the coffees and all the chats that they had. So no surprise of what happened, but the um, gratitude group, they actually excelled in performance. So their performance went 40% increase in performance. The neutral group, not much change at all. But the interesting thing about the, the negative group is 50% of them fell sick, like really? physically sick. Yeah, they, they didn't even continue. It was a 60-day experiment and they didn't even finish the 60 days because they actually felt physically sick. They, you know, they got colds and flus and all sorts of things. So it just shows you know, what you wire yourself to. It changes your physiology. You know, so waking up with gratitude, waking up and reflecting on what, what's going good, it actually changes your physiology and your psychology. So it's a great way to start the day. So that that comes back to trying to find the positives. And if you're always, if you're always looking for the negatives, I'm sure you can find them. And I call these people lemon suckers mellow. And I know it's probably a bit of a harsh term, but if you're always going to be negative and, and find that, then that'll sort of attract your crowd, your energy um, and your direction in life. And that's really what that study's saying. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a good example of that where I'm, one of my morning rituals, and we've, I think we've talked about this before is I do a morning walk every single morning get up early, do my morning walk, and then I do my meditation practice after that quite early, around 6.30, 7am. And due to lockdown, obviously, everybody was walking along Elwood Beach is where I live, along the beachside here. And it's, it was quite busy in the mornings. But there was one particular lady that I saw every single morning, and, and she would be just grumbling, oh, oh my God, put your mask on. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> she spent her whole morning like looking at other people, and sometimes people will take masks off because they were exercising or maybe hanging it down below their nose or around them. she spent the whole morning just tuned into everybody else's problems and like oh my god what a waste of energy <laughs> really like there goes her nice morning walk because she spent she just was like tuned into everybody else and oh, put your mask on you just see her grumbling you know mm -mm. Oh. <laughs> like horrible really horrible so yeah and you and if she had just looked looked like if to the left or the right, there was a beach because it's the most yeah, amazing walk. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You can't. And I think that's a great example of what you just said. You can't control other people's actions. And I think people have seen that through COVID. Do you know what I mean, most people have done the right thing. There's been minority that have done the wrong thing and it's affected everyone. And if you focus your energy on that mellow, then you, of course you're going to be upset. You're going to be negative. If people aren't wearing their masks, that's their choice. Just don't go near them. All right. Focus on the beautiful things, the beach to your left or right. And, and that's essentially what you're trying to do, isn't it? And you can see the people that do that because they're sprightly. They're using only a quarter of their seat because they're excited or they're on their tippy toes. Other people on the heels because whatever comes at them, they, it's going to really affect them. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. You have a choice. You do have a choice.
it's up to you and, and it's up to you how you want to react or respond to a situation. And a lot of it is perception, like your perception of the situation. Obviously, nobody wanted COVID to happen. Nobody wanted this pandemic to happen, but we're in it. And now it's actually up to us on how we actually respond to it, learn from it, change from it. You, know, you mentioned earlier that I had to change my whole business model where I was running I was running actually um, a lot of face-to-face classes. So I go into the works, workplace and back in March, April, there was a, I just got call after call. Everything was cancelled. No, sorry, Mello, we're not doing it anymore. So I could have gone downhill rapidly and say, oh my God, this is horrible. I can't cope anymore. But I had to make the choice then to actually change and to transform my business. And then I was running seminars virtually as I am now, right now in the seat that I'm sitting. And I reached about, I think, in my bed here alone, I read about 15,000 people wow. virtually. So it's amazing, which which was great because it changed the opportunity because companies that I was working with could open it up nationally. They could open up the seminars also internationally. So in many ways, it did me a great favor. And also for my personal coaching, it took me many years to get my personal coaching clients to transform to online but now it's like there's no choice. So fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it is, you have a choice. You do have a choice on how you respond to the situation. And my choice was to respond, you know, in a positive way and, and great things have come out of this. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. And, and like yourself, I, I do a lot of flying around normally. And I found myself that in a day I'd be able to present to L'Oreal in the afternoon, I'd be able to sprint to a school in China and then I might mm. do a fitness webinar in the evening and I'd be able to do it all at home. And I, I, I felt like I had more time, but I was reaching more people because I wasn't in the car. I wasn't on a plane. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't setting up. I was simply doing it in the same room I am now, which is really amazing. I think it's quite funny. So you've obviously rebuilt your business. And I think so many people did last year. What about, let's talk about the, the second R here, Mello, rebuild. So for 2021, if people are listening, refocus, rebuild on this year. What what have you done personally and what do you recommend for listeners? Yeah, as I said, you know, transforming a lot of my my resources and the work that I do online, which is fantastic. So that's a bit of a rebuild, but also rebuilding you know, personal life too. Like I have two children and uh, this is a great opportunity to change things. And like many people living in a city like Melbourne, you find yourself getting busy, busy with the busyness. And my children would have activities pretty much every night. You know, there's only one night of the week where they didn't. And yeah, even though we didn't intend for that to happen, but it just slowly happened. There'd be dance one night, there'd be gymnastics another night. There'd be all these different things. So Obviously, COVID stopped all that suddenly in its tracks. And now we ask the girls the question, what do you want to go back to? And that is one actually in the air. So it, it's a, it was a really good opportunity to slow down, to slow down, to look at what's important. So out of all the activities they did, they only went back to one. And they also do horse riding, which is out on the, on the Mornington Peninsula. So that's you know, it's been a great change for them to do that. So also for myself, it, it was an opportunity, even though I live a quite balanced life in many ways i exercise i eat well and do all those things but you can easily get caught up in the busyness of life easily get caught up in just running that rat wheel or that treadmill as they call it so it was a good opportunity to slow down totally slow down look at what aspects of my business and my life that i want to do change or or eliminate or you know not have anymore so and then really look at what's important how can i actually grow that part of it so it was a, a perfect opportunity to pause as we said, reflect, and now let's rebuild from this point onwards and not get caught up in the wheel again and not start adding all these extra things into our life that were a bit superfluous in many ways and they just kept 
that's busy. So it's a good opportunity to just things back. And I've also seen that in the businesses that I work with. A lot of businesses had to trim the fat, so to speak. You know, they actually you know got rid of you know some of the excess things that weren't generating income or you know getting rid of big workspaces that they worked in. You know, a lot of them, you know, big companies in the Docklands, for example, are working from home. They realised, wow, we don't need to hire this big space anymore. We can actually work from home. So a good opportunity now to to really look at all those learnings and what we do from this point onwards to rebuild our life in a more meaningful and purposeful way. Yeah, and no, I really like that because one thing that really stuck out with everything you just said there, Mallow, was busy. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and for years, and I think particularly in big cities, people use busy as a badge of honour. And I know I did. I'm so busy. I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Instead of I'm being present, I'm being empathetic, I'm being kind. Do you know what I mean? Being a human being instead of doing, doing, doing. And I, I think that's that's been the biggest learning for me. I don't know if that's what you've seen in your work, particularly because you allow people to be calm and you teach them the techniques. Is that one thing you found that people don't need to be on this hamster wheel, just busy, busy, busy all the time? 100%. And it was quite con- confrontational for many of the, the busy executives that I work with. A lot of the, I work with a lot of CEOs and executives. So their life is busy. Their life is defined as being just on all the time, overstimulated, always working. And then suddenly they had to slow down. Suddenly they had to actually spend more time with themselves and suddenly they had to spend more time with their families. And not all of them liked what they saw, actually. They realised, wow, I've just been on this rat wheel the whole time and just working, working, working. They didn't know. They didn't know. So it was, it was quite a, a bit of coaching and a, lot, a fair bit of work for me to do to help people be more present with themselves, with their family, get to know themselves on a deeper level. Because many people busy themselves to distract themselves mm. from the real in their life and when that busyness was taken away and they were working from home and not having not having to commute and you know, be busy in the office and they were home more they realized hey i don't really like my life <laughs> my my real life not my busy work life because work is a distraction from their real life in many ways so it was, it was a really interesting time and you know, i was getting calls from people that normally wouldn't reach out to me you know, a lot of CEOs and executives that, you know, they they pride themselves on being busy and always working and, you know, being successful. But I was getting calls from people like that that normally wouldn't actually reach out, but they were struggling. They were really struggling to to adapt to the changing conditions. Yeah, no, mate, I'll be completely honest here. That that was me, do you know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't completely happy. I thought I was, mm. but I wasn't happy with myself and the person I was. And um, I would... Like, and I, I love being busy because then I didn't have to like, you know, spend time with myself or I didn't have to allow myself yeah. to be still. And, and what am I going to do? Like I'd always make it. So I had something. So for me personally, Mel, exactly what you just said there, that I've now taken that time and I'm a better person because of it, because I'm happy to be by myself. I'm happy to go for a walk with no technology, no phone, or just sit down and just sit um, whereas previously I would have hated that and I wouldn't have allowed it to happen because I would have used that excuse. So that's a great example. And I think that one comes back to being present, that it is such yeah. a powerful tool, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I teach, obviously, being my main modality of the work that I do. It's all around mindfulness and you know, being present and enjoying life and, and not getting caught up in all the the other anxieties and distractions around you. So that's the, the working that I do. And once you can become present, you know, we can enjoy more 
and, and really with mindfulness practice, also what's called the cognitive practices. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, Dale, but there's they sometimes call them the big four. So there's it's how you think and how and your attitude towards things. So so number one is perception. So your perception of the situation, your perception of what's going on, how you look at it, how you view it. Number two is a degree of acceptance. So we have to accept the situation has changed, for example, with the COVID situation, a degree of acceptance. And a lot of people don't accept many things well. Number three is letting go. So we need to let go of a fair few things. So then we can become fully present as that's what number four is presence of mind. So I often put things through this filter. So perception, what's my perception of the situation? What's my degree of acceptance? What do I need to let go of to become fully present? And that's the, a really good filter to put things through. And a lot of people were stuck in many of them. They needed to let go of the old ways. They needed to let go of the busyness. They needed a degree of acceptance, a degree of perception. And once you do that, then you can become fully present. I did experience that. I did start seeing after some time. It was really nice to see my local neighborhood here, you know, families riding their bikes together and you know, families walking together and, you know, even during the day, because obviously the parents were home. It was nice to see after some time a bit more presence with that. At first, some of the clients that I worked with at first, I said, oh my God, I'm, I'm home for dinner every night. I'm not used to this. <laughs> they, yeah. you know, they used to be, they're used to being in the office every day and coming home you know, once the kids are in bed, so to speak, and they uh, have a dinner. But now they were together more often. And um, I think that took a bit of adjustment at first. But once they did adjust, it's like, wow, this is nice. So and bringing that full presence to that, it's really, it's a, it's a gift in many ways. Yeah. And and I totally agree, agree with that. So reflecting, very important. And you've heard that Mello and myself do this daily or weekly. So that is something that you can adapt and build and, and really make sure you follow through for all of 2021 in the future. Rebuild. So rebuild the life you've got now. Let's talk about refocus because... This could mean a whole different heap of things to different people and for what what to refocus on or how to do it. So um, the last R of the three today, Mello, refocus. What would you recommend here? And how do you personally do it, mate? Yeah, I think pinpointing more. The, the word focus is good because it's, it's about focusing on something in particular. So this is where you'd set your intentions on what outcomes you want for the year or for the month or you know 2021 or whatever it is and looking at that and setting intention whether they're big goals whether they're little goals doesn't matter what they are but refocusing on them and then steps towards that so I, I typically I typically usually do one big goal per year I usually do one big one which spans the whole year so my goal this year actually I'm on day three now we're only on or day four aren't we yeah day four I'm today fourth of January <laughs> Is to, I want to swim every single day. So my goal is to swim in the ocean every single day. Oh, doesn't matter if it's wow. winter. Yeah. So, so that's I usually do one big one. Some years ago, I had a, I had a goal where I, I wanted to do a handstand every day and walk 100 steps on my hands every single day. So I, did you I do did it? That as a goal. Yeah, I did. It eventually, this is this is going back some years when I was bitter. <laughs> <and stronger. laughs> But by about, you know, by about July, I was doing 100 steps every single day and I, and I kept it up every single day. Another year, I've had the, the goal of um, watching a sunset every night. So I wanted to watch a sunset. doesn't matter where I was on the planet to watch the sunset every night. So usually I have, I have a 365-day goal. So that's that one this year is to swim every single day. And then I have smaller um, incremental goals throughout the, the quarter or the months and little things like that. So I focus on that. And this year is obviously, you know, transforming the business a bit more with the more resource line and create 
they can have global reach. So that's a bit of the goal there. So what, what it's all about is focusing on what's important, one, two or three things, and just set small steps towards that. And I also, like you, Dale, I know you've just released a book. I also want to release a book next year Ooh, or this year. Sorry. Good. So, good. So what I have to do, that's a big task also, but what that's I have to do is break that, break that down into small tasks. So each week I need to write down X amount of words. So then you know, by mid-July, I'm hoping to launch it in mid-July. So I've broken down the big goal into smaller, small steps. So I've got X amount of words and then get it out to the editor. So, yeah, it's just a good way to set the intentions now and make sure you're doing something on a daily basis towards those goals. Mm, I, I love that as well, Mel. And I, I, I personally hadn't set a goal like that, but I normally do. Like last year, I, I made sure I did a hundred burpees every morning. And this year I haven't, I didn't even think about it. when you were saw that I, in my, near my office where I am now, if I walk outside, I've got a chin up bar. And what I've been doing is I have to tick something off. It's really weird. I have to write it and I have to see it happening. And um, I've just been doing 200 chin ups every day in between working or what I'm doing at home. I'll just walk in the shed, do 10, mark it off, then walk back. And it, it's very similar to, yeah. do you know what I mean? You're getting up, doing your handstand or doing your swimming. Yeah. Like those are little yeah. things and each one's a win. And I, I don't know, for me personally doing that, it, it makes me feel better about myself. Is that something you find? Well, humans just like progress. Like one of our basic human needs is we like progress we like to be progressing towards something, growing and developing and changing. If you take that away, we get the opposite. We're just dying and crumbling, basically. So we need to see. So some people like yourself, they need to have that checklist where they actually physically check it off. I have an accountability buddy, my little daughter. She checks on me every <laughs> single day. So, so another goal that I have with my daughter is to do a plank every day with her, a minute plank. And then I have to do push-ups with her on my back. Um, so, so she tells me, Daddy, come on, come on. It's time to do five push-ups with her back. They have accountability buddies to do that. And but if you're doing these every single day, at least you're doing something towards your goal, towards your development, towards your progress. And that's one of the basic human needs that we need. So if, whether you do it physically with a checklist or whether you have a calendar on your fridge that you tick off, but if we see progress, we feel good. We feel fulfilled. So it is a good thing to do just to set your intentions. Isn't the average, um, I think I was reading recently that the average person breaks their New Year's resolution by January the 12th. Yep. That doesn't even last two weeks. Yeah, it doesn't even last two weeks. So, and, and I think it's only 8% of the population that actually does their, does their New Year's resolution. So it doesn't have to be a big resolution. It could just be a small thing like a walk every day or you know, a meditation every day, or like you said, it could be two push-ups or five push-ups or whatever it is. But if you have these incremental changes towards your life, you feel like you're you're doing something towards something, towards a bigger goal. I think that's very, very important. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, Mello, that I think people also set two bigger goals. Do you know what I mean? Like like you just said there, do two or five push-ups. Like it, it doesn't sound like much, but that's achievable. And if you do that for a month, wow, bang, pay something back. And you know what? I'm doing that fine now. I might be able to do 10. Whereas if you start out and say I'm going to do 50 or 100 every day, it's too much, do you know what I mean? And, and you don't stick to it. So I always recommend that with people. And, and when I was running my fitness business with boot camps in the start of start of January, Mallow, my phone would be going crazy with all these people. I'm going to get fit. And now that's normally most people's resolution. I want, yeah. I want to lose weight or get fit. And then by, I don't know, March, particularly people were dropping off. It was starting to get a little bit colder in Melbourne and people were like, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's, it's a really yeah. smart thing. 
one I loved you said there, get an accountability buddy. Do your goals or challenge with somebody. If you've got a child, if you're a partner or a friend, because when you're accountable with somebody else, it makes it so much easier to stick to that, doesn't it? Absolutely. Really, really helpful. And the other thing is just to keep it simple. Like I, I do a lot of work in the mental health space also. So you know, trying to set too big a goal can be too much for someone suffering depression or anxiety. So anything from just putting your shoes by your bedside, your sports shoes by your bedside in the morning that gets you up, gets your shoes on, gets you outside, that's enough of a goal. You know, that's enough for some people that are suffering anxiety or depression just to do one thing because you know, someone like that may struggle just to get out of bed in the morning. But having the shoes by the bedside, having an accountability buddy, you know, whatever it is that's going to help you to achieve that small one win every day, it's a, it's a great thing to do. And I... Lately in the seminars that I was doing, especially towards the end of the year, I really noticed instead of going too deep into the mindfulness concepts and a lot of the, the depth of it, it was actually a lot of it was survival mode, like going back to those self-care practices, the basic ones, exercise, nutrition, sleep, you know, meditation, really going back to those basics. And I was setting my clients, well, especially the, the group one, I was setting them just to take one of those away. So I'd get them to write 10 things. You know, what are the 10 things that you need to do? And I say, from today onwards, just circle one of those things and just do that one. So it could be the morning walk. It could be to change your nutrition. Because once you change one thing, other things will follow. You can anchor other things to that. So yeah. like yourself, I mean, you do a morning walk every day. My morning walk is not negotiable. I do a morning walk every single morning. And now I've anchored my meditation practice straight after that. And then I come home, have a shower, and then I have a healthy breakfast. So I've got three wins before the day's even started that are all for me. That's my time for myself. But it didn't start like that. It started with just the morning walk. And I thought, okay, I've got the morning going anyway. So I'll anchor something else to that so it's called anchoring so you start with one good habit so whatever your habit is this year everyone out there listening you know do that one habit and then start anchoring other things over some time mm, i i love that and uh, like you said the old kiss simple keep it simple stupid mm. do you know what i mean like start mm. small and build on that don't don't build this huge goal that's not achievable and because you won't achieve it so um i love that anchoring i think that's a really good term that you can take away from today so mellow now, last year, obviously, you are so good with your resources, your time. I know you presented on one of my summits and you made this amazing COVID-free kit that's still available, isn't it? Do you want to, I know people always love a freebie and your stuff is so good because just watching your videos makes you feel calm. So where can people go and track this down, mate? Because um, we're, we're not out of COVID yet and we still, these these tools can be used not only now, but also in the future. So where can we find that? Yeah, absolutely. I created a whole package actually right back in March when COVID started to support my clients and support the people around me. So the, the whole package is a, it's like a mini course in a way. There's some meditations in there, small videos, about five or seven minute videos, some great tips to work with anxiety, some breathing techniques. And I created it back in, like I said, March, April. And then it went really crazy around September after that second lockdown and people were grabbing it. Please, please, I need something now. But it's still very relevant now. And obviously, especially in Europe, people are you know, going through lockdown there. They're going through a lot of stuff there. So um, I can I can share you a link, Dale, and you can share it in the show notes. So I can share that. The other way people can find me is directly through my website, you know, 
mellowcalaco.com. Really easy. I'm sure you'll share that in the, in the show notes. But you know that free package there is great. There's about you know ten little modules in there that will take you through a practice, help you to cope with what the situation's going on, help you to start a meditation practice, and just to 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 get that initial ball rolling. So happy to share that with as many people as possible so they can benefit from. Yeah, mate. And I absolutely love that. So guys, if you go to episode 218, the show notes, I'll have Mello's website. I'll have a link for the free kit. I'll have where you can contact him on socials. And um, with the, the state of the world at the moment, I know we've got global listeners all over the planet. If you are, you know, you're struggling, your family, your workplace, your school, your sports club, wherever, um, please reach out to Mello because as he said, um, he's transformed his business and he can do anything virtually. And I know I've been I've been lucky enough to sit through a couple of them and um, they are great. And I think the way you tell stories, Mello, is amazing. And then you reflect it back to what you, the practices you're learning. Um, so I can't wait for your book to come out, mate. I think that's a, yeah. a great refocus and challenge for yourself this year um, because writing a book is something that will take a while and take a lot of energy. And I can't wait to hear that. But most importantly, thank you so much for, you know, your time and energy again, mate. I think uh, we're like yin and yang where one's extreme, one's the very calm. And I think together we work really well. And I know personally, mate. um, Yeah. I I think there's so many things people can take away from today. So for me personally, mate, thank you very much for being on the show again. Great. Great effort. Great. Just to hear you've done 218 episodes. Oh my God. (laughs) of effort so happy to be part of the podcast happy to share along the way stay well everybody stay stay positive stay healthy thanks Dale, and thank you everybody for listening